Rick Jensen on 1150 AM, 101.7 FM, WDEL. Here we are, just a short number, what, three, four weeks away from the federal government's unemployment assistance ending. And surprisingly, still, thousands of Delawareans having a hard time collecting the unemployment insurance benefits that they have earned over the years. But that, that's because at the beginning of the pandemic, just like every other state, Delaware's Department of Unemployment Insurance was understaffed. They didn't see this coming. Daryl Scott's the director of the agency. And over the past almost year and a half now, I mean, they have, uh, they have worked pretty much nonstop to build up the agency, get like 200 employees there now where they only had like, uh, what, I think it was uh, just a little over 10, like 17 employees handling unemployment insurance uh, benefits and such. So they have a new building, they've got more computers, more phone lines, more people, and still it's uh, it's quite a challenge. Daryl Scott's on the phone right now. Daryl, thanks for being on, sir. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me on. Uh, being, of course, the director of Delaware's Unemployment Insurance Agency. I, I want to get right to, to Bill, but I want people to know that if you or someone you know is having a problem getting your unemployment insurance benefits, call now. You got Daryl on every Tuesday after the news at... Uh, one o'clock, and then we replay this on Wednesday mornings after the news at ten thirty. Three zero two five two nine one zero one seven. Three zero two five two nine one zero one seven. And um, Daryl often has uh, good ideas and and can be very very helpful. We also have a plan B if he can't help you right away. Bill, say hi to Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Hey, Bill. How are you doing doing today? I'm doing okay. I I. Uh... I've been on unemployment since March 2020, but they shut me off about eight weeks ago um, because I'm a subcontractor. So I was collecting the PUA. Um, Now, at the end of my application and I do my weekly certification, they asked me for a job search, which I cannot provide. I already have the job. Um, We are just not going back till September, uh, supposedly. So I, I I got a letter back from a uh, Miranda Langinger uh, with uh, unemployment and and I uh, and I'm still stuck in this spot here. Um, so you're you're on the PUA program and are you an independent contractor or are you an employee and and just had to utilize the PUA program during the pandemic? Can you clarify that for me? Yes, independent contract. Okay, so the the one is so with independent. If you've got a recall date that that comes into play, usually it's within ten weeks of the claim being filed. And with independent contractors, the 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 requirement was as much not as much looking for work as it was looking to generate, you know, whatever the work is that you did. But Bill, it sounds like there's some unique, you know aspects of your claim and your work search. So if you'll shoot Rick an email, R-I-C-K at W-D-E-L.com, he'll get it to me. I'll get it to someone on the team. And then whether it's Miranda or uh, someone else on the team, we'll take a look at it and then follow up with you with, you know, what, what next steps there may be. Okay. I, I, I did that last week and Rick was kind enough to send it on. Like I say, Miranda got back to me, but um, I'm kind of still stuck in the mud. Yeah, if you'll just if you'll do it again this afternoon, if you if you can, just send it to him. Let it send it to me, and then I'll forward it back through, and and 
I know I've got team members that are listening to me right now, probably researching and reaching out to Miranda. But um, if you'll just give me that opportunity to follow up on that, I will. Thank you. All I right, appreciate Bill. your time. Absolutely. Thanks, Bill. And, and he'll take a look at it today. So what is it about that case you heard that uh, that that makes it more complicated? And I ask this because um, it sounds similar to some of the problems other people have had. It is. I mean, so one of the one of the questions that you know, we got asked frequently is, hey, I'm an independent contractor. I'm a sole proprietor. You know, I'm a business owner. I'm collecting PUA, so I'm not looking for work. I've got work or I'm trying to generate business for my company. And it's distinguishing between and again, for an independent contractor or a business owner, you know, we're looking for them to be doing things, you know, whether it's marketing, whether it's, you know, sales proposals, what, whatever it is to try and generate um, you know, business for them. And sometimes it's, you know, again, there's some confusion around, you know, I'm not looking for work. I'm doing that, this kind of business. And, right. and that's what we want those individuals to indicate or certify to. The, the other thing that's a little confusing is the recall date. So if somebody files a claim and says, hey, I'm going to be recalled within 10 weeks, then the system knows that they're not required to submit a work search in that in that scenario. The challenge we have is some of these recall dates aren't 10 weeks, they're much longer, or they have been much longer. And so, again, people in the past who haven't had to look for work, you know, are being asked to look for work. And, and again, the system, we've got an old system, you know, it, it's got a certain set of rules that that it knows to operate under. And, and the pandemic has forced us to, you know, adapt some of the system rules and business processes to be able to manage it. So... I think we'll be able to get bills, you know, issue taken care of uh, fairly quickly. But uh, as you said, there are other people who've had similar questions. Yeah, didn't you get uh, computer upgrades, especially for the PUA and PUAC? We we did. I mean, we, we have a different system for that. Again, the standard, again, when we set it up, we probably set it up with sort of the same or similar guidelines that we did for the UI system. Yeah. It's just the pandemic has gone on, as you know. I mean, <laughs> we've been talking for... A year, like and a, a year and a half, yeah. and it's just between the rules being slightly different, the pandemic persisting, people being on unemployment longer, um, it's just constantly trying to keep up with the evolving situation. What about fraud? How much is uh, fraud holding back the ability of the team members to uh, go through either adjudication which is uh, more advanced research if something looks kind of hinky, or everybody else who's trying to get their benefits? It, it's affected every part of the business. And, and part, part of it is, again, we received so many phone calls uh, in June and July. And I think I've shared this before, but out of the twenty more than 25,000 people or business, employers that have reported what they believe to be fraudulent claims, either filed in the in the individual's name or or the employer saying, "Hey, this person didn't work for me. This is fraud." Yeah. Nearly eighteen thousand of those twenty five came in May, June, and July. Right. So, just think about again. We've we got tremendous phone calls. We got um, a tremendous number of claims that were filed that were fraudulent. So we're trying to stop claims before they get paid. We're trying to respond to people who said, "Hey, wait a minute, my benefits stopped." And that could have been related to a hijack claim. And with the hijack claim, we're trying to validate is the person who's reporting that they didn't get the money, is that a truthful statement, right? So they're being asked to file a police report, provide that documentation. And then, Rick, in our 
computer system, it, it says, you know, it's indicating we've already paid the individual for the weeks that they are missing. Yeah. And, and we're trying to figure out, still trying to figure out how do we disassociate or, or take those weeks that were paid to potentially a fraudster, keep track of them, but also reissue the payment. And so those are, you know, again, that takes time to validate the claim that the, um, that the claim was hijacked. And then we're still working on the system details about how to, you know, yeah, how to how, make what's, the what's the problem? What's, so I, I'm, I'm listening to you thinking, well, if I were in that situation and now, you know, that uh, that part was a fraudulent claim, but I still have my, mm -hmm. my real claim. Uh, why is it so darn uh, hard? Why does it take time to get to me my benefits when you've right. already figured out that the other claim was fraudulent? Uh, using my information. Now we know that uh, here I am on the phone. Hi, it's right. me. No, it's really me, and I need yeah. my benefits. Um, right. how, how, why does it take so much time? Well, part of it is, again, the system is already indicating that it's paid you, although it wasn't you, right? Yeah. And, then, and, and the other thing, Rick, if, if I just issue three more weeks and say you get $300 a week, right? I issue another $900. Then the system thinks I paid you nine hundred dollars more, and we're and and that goes to the IRS, and there goes the IRS. Yeah, right. So it, it's we're, we're trying to figure out how do we solve that problem, get them their money, but also not you know come tax time indicate that we've overpaid them for their benefits. So it's a software so we're working problem. We're on it. Is, the, the team is is working on that, and yeah. we're also trying to figure out is is there an interim solution that that allows us to make the payments and uh, keep track of it so we can manage the IRS issue on the back end. Uh, question, is that, am I correct in uh, thinking that sounds like a software problem? Well, it, it's, so we've got a mainframe, yeah. right, that was launched in the 1980s. Yeah. And although it's very capable at managing the volume and, and the complexity, this is something that we haven't had to address before. So this is a new issue. And uh, I think the t team told me, <laughs> again, there are multiple files in which we track a claim and, and a uh, an individual's activity, right? So it's not just changing a file, but uh, multiple. So we're the, the team is head down trying to figure that out. But as I said, we're also trying to work on, can I just reissue the payment in a different method and mm -hmm. and keep track to say, hey, I paid Rick an extra 900 bucks and I got to subtract that from the 1099 when when we go to produce that file. Gotcha. Hey, um, so. You know, um, thank you. I want to thank you for inviting me out there to the office in Newark uh, yeah. one day a few weeks ago and met wonderful people who are working very, very hard. And the number one message I heard from those folks is, would you just please let people know we care? I mean, the folks working in your office, they're real human beings, and they're working their butts off, often uh, trying to get into overtime, and you're pushing them out the door. <laughs> and they, they really do care because they recognize that every claim number is a human being. Yeah. I, and I'm wondering, in addition to that, what else uh, would you like listeners to know about the folks working there in the Unemployment Insurance Benefits Office? Well, I, I think you, I mean, the, the key message is, because I, I hear from people, and I know when I forward requests to in, the different members of the team, is that they're trying to be as responsive as possible and resolve the issues. And and sometimes they're challenged by you know the business process or the system but the individuals are, are genuinely interested in trying to get issues resolved. I know we there were issues that came up over the weekend that were dealt with over the weekend, right? So it's, uh, as you said, the staff isn't just working, you know, 
you know, eight to four or Monday to Friday, we've got many people working, you know, uh, on the weekend as well, trying to work through, uh, work through the backlog. The other thing I want people to understand is, you know, you visited one of our facilities. We've leased another 13,000 square feet right next door to that so we could do two things. One, get some people out of the public space so we can reopen the buildings. And the other is give us room for, for hiring additional staff. Yeah. So that's... I don't want people to lose sight that, you know, that we're sitting here resting on, you know, sort of accepting the circumstances as they are, but we're committed to bringing in additional resource to try and clear uh, clear the backlog. And we're doing that a couple ways. One, we, we can't get in the new building because we're building it out until sometime in October, but we're looking at contracting additional resources that may be able to help us with it. So we're we're trying to do multiple things. And the other thing to keep, uh, you know, keep an eye on is that we're beginning to plan to do some public events where we'll get out into the community to try and give people uh, an ability to get, you know, either drive through or face to face with us in some way to be able to resolve some of these uh, issues related to identity. That'd be, uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Daryl Scott's unemployment mobile. (laughs) <laughs> the check mobile. Well, Carolyn cares, but because uh, yeah. she's the uh, she's the leader of our uh, of our uh, of our benefits side of the business, but uh, you know Carolyn's caravan or something. So. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah the, the check mobile. Yeah. Just here, give me a check. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, that so. well, see, you know, everything. I've said this for many many years. Uh, everything in life is about expectations. Whether it's a um, you know dinner date or marriage proposal, what do we expect? You know. And that's why people want to know, when can we get back into the building? They were asking like a year ago as well. So right now you're hopeful, maybe, possibly October, but uh, that's not firm by any means. So with regard to opening the buildings? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the team is still working on trying to, across the state, get the you know get the Department of Labor buildings open. And... Again, because we know we have needs beyond that, you know, or, or sooner than that, we're trying to figure out how we get out into the community. So we're we're trying to work with um, our counterparts at Public Health that did this, I think, successfully in their vaccination, you know, uh, mm-hmm. clinics, right? Because so, there's traffic, there's scheduling, there's you know staffing. So we're, you know, we're working to, um, you know, we're working to get those uh, those events uh, planned and scheduled as quickly as possible. I've noticed a lot of emails from uh, from folks who are saying that they're school bus drivers and having a hard time accessing their benefits. Is there anything specifically happening with school bus drivers that makes this category challenging for you guys? Yeah. So th- there were a couple things. One, um, in some cases, so the if they're working for an independent bus company, right, that they um, they have an ability to collect unemployment benefits, and in some cases, it was a it was a it wasn't one issue; it was a number of you know issues that affected uh, bus drivers. But in some cases, it was they worked one week, earned too much, and you know if you earn too much, then you're you have to re- reopen your claim or reapply and and start again. And so we've worked through with some of the bus companies to identify those workers so we can you know we can flag their accounts, mm-hmm. recognizing that they're going to work a week, they're not going to work a week, and vice versa. And it was just a variety of of issues. So. 
it just happened that at the end of, I guess, summer school, right, or the end of school that um, that we had a, a number of bus drivers that uh, that were affected. But sure. the teams have been working with, in some cases, the individual, in some cases with the bus companies to identify their employees and try and help them resolve the issue. There are also people who have uh, suffered hacked accounts. Before we get to an answer on this and what people should expect, allow me to share this one from uh, listener Stephen. Rick, since this was cleared up some... Since this was cleared up, someone hacked my account. have not been able to get any payments for the last three weeks. Somebody had gone in, changed my direct deposit info to a bank in California, contacted the fraud department, and sent a picture of myself, my driver's license, Social Security card. The person was very nice and understanding. I could still do my certifications, but I cannot check to see if my direct deposit info is back to what it should be. I know that the account's been put on hold, but I've not been given any time frame for when I'll be able to get my payments again. Called numerous times, regular unemployment line, to find out if my direct deposit account has been changed back to mine. But I've been told uh, someone will contact me, but nobody has. Now, honestly, that uh, this email is from uh, three days ago, uh, right. actually four days ago on the 6th. And uh, I, I don't expect you to have the answer right here on the phone live for Stephen. If you do, that's great. But I'm wondering... Uh, what should people expect when it comes to having their accounts hacked like that? So that that's that's one of the issues that I was just speaking about with um, you know with the sort of the hijack claims, right? Yeah. So somebody was able to come in, file you know file a claim as if they were the individual. They were able to successfully change the bank information, and um, and again, this was part. You know, we we had. We have seen similar issues last year as part of the sort of the surge in claims, but this this most recent you know uh, increase in claim volume and the fraud attempts at fraud that we saw in April, May, and June, we've obviously seen higher numbers of it. But that's that's the issue where Stephen has received money. We believe we've paid him for three weeks, but um, again, he didn't get the money. Yeah, right? but the real so truth is it was hacked. Yeah, and say hey, it's me. Yeah. Right. It's really me. And and that's where the team is looking at, uh, again, how do we secure his account so it doesn't happen again? How do we reissue the payments and then ultimately make sure that we report the right number you know, to the IRS and everybody so that. Right. Uh, so I think no that, then, Daryl, Daryl, I think the follow up question that would be, what should people expect when it comes to communication from the team? You know, they haven't heard anything for the last few days, maybe a week, things like that. And and people want to hear communication. That That's why you do this on this program. They want to know that, you know, that someone's out there trying to help and that gives them hope. So the team, meanwhile, is extraordinarily busy with the fraud and everybody else. Maybe they don't always have time to make these calls. What should be the expectation for communication? Yeah, and, and I don't have a good answer for you, Rick. The the one thing that the team is working on is we, we are prioritizing the hijack claims because those are people who we've already gone through adjudication, right, in many cases. We've determined that they're entitled to the benefits, and we're trying to figure out how do we get them. And and the communication piece is, and that's we've been sort of dinged on that recently as well, is because the fraud team is busy answering the call and trying to get the claim on hold, do the research, respond to one sort of validate the identity of the individual who we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and then there's right now they're in a pause while we try and figure out how do we reissue the payment. So, uh, again, uh, they try, not, they're I trying mean, to we, get back to people, but, uh, but they're extraordinarily yeah. overworked. And, I, I and we it. are, we are working on how do we communicate in that, uh, in a, in a 
more efficient, more timely manner. All but, right. Um, uh, any last words okay. uh, for folks? We got like one minute. Yeah. Sir. The two two things real quick. One is the programs are ending. You know the PUC, PUA, and the FPUC. This the three hundred dollars are ending uh, for the week ending September four. Again, if people have claims that are in process that are pending approval, if we if the if they're determined in title, we're going to pay their benefits. And um, for people that are on PEUC, that when the if they're still unemployed on September four, they're going to be asked to reapply for you know UI benefits again to see if they qualify. So again, we'll be talking more about that as in, in the coming weeks. All right, Daryl Scott, Tuesday afternoons live. Wednesday, uh, you hear the replay because always good information at ten thirty. Uh, right, it's in the ten thirty news on Wednesday. Daryl Scott, Director of Delaware's Unemployment Insurance Benefits Office. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Rick. Hang on. More with Rick Jensen is just ahead on 1150 AM, 1017 FM, WDEL.